Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the podcast brought to you by Haney University, where you can sign up for my instructional emails that will be going out on a three times a week basis. So some uh, good stuff there. You can also find some great deals on golf products at Haney University, and you can find out all the information you need to know about an opportunity to take a golf lesson from me because I am back coaching at my studio in Paradise Valley, Arizona, starting in just a couple weeks. So anyway, if you have any interest in that, that is the place to go, HaneyUniversity.com. All right, today I want to talk about, in particular, Rory McIlroy, but I also want to talk about coaching touring pros, which I did for, I don't know, 35 years, 36 years, something like that. Work with over 200 pros on the PGA Tour. And the reason I got to thinking about this is because I saw the news that Roy McElroy has gone back to his lifelong coach, Michael Bannon. He was with Pete Cowan, who is a well-known, great coach from Europe, coaches a lot of uh, top players and has had a lot of great success. Uh, he was with him for about eight months uh, a move that I thought was, uh, well, I thought it was stupid, to be honest with you. Uh, leaving his lifelong coach, Michael Bannon, was not a smart move. It showed, I, I'm not even going to say mixed results. I think the, the results were, were not good at all. Uh, coaches like to hide behind players' wins. Roy did win it at Wells Fargo. Uh, Roy McElroy, one of the most talented players possibly ever on the PGA Tour, he won at Wells Fargo when he finished number one in putting for the week. If Roy McIlroy finishes number one in putting, he's going to win every single week. So, so that's that's not a, a coach's doing. That's a putter's doing. It's not a ball striking win. 
there's many different ways to win. And uh, if you're going to win a lot of tournaments, so Roy's won 20 on his career and four majors. You're going to win these tournaments. You're going to do it in different fashion. But, but the reason Rory hasn't won 40 tournaments is because of his putter. And my point is, is that if he finishes number one in putting, he's going to win a lot of golf tournaments, not just the Wells Fargo, which, by the way, he's won multiple times. And that's a horses for courses situation. Uh, so when I look at the, the, the whole body of, of work, uh, that he did in the time that he was with Pete Cowan. And I don't know how much they worked together, and I don't know how much she listened to him, and I don't know you know any of the, the particulars. I just know that when you, you have to look at the results. And uh, they started work at the Players' Championship, miscut. Well, that's when it was announced at the Players' Championship. And if it was announced at the Players' Championship, and that means they were working prior to that. So he missed the cut at the Players' Championship, uh, tied for 28th at the match play, which means you maybe beat one guy. Uh, Masters missed cut. Uh, Wells Fargo, he wins, finished number one in putting. I mean, I'm just, I'm just being honest, being fair. You, you can't, you know, as a coach, I mean, when I had a player, you know, finished number one in putting and number one in short game, and I wasn't gloating over, you know, what a great job I did with, with my coaching, that's a, a situation where he won because of his greatness, not because of your, your coaching. Then he, he went to the PJ 49th, the Memorial Tournament 18th, uh, 7th at the U.S. Open, where he's great at open, U.S. Opens. Uh, you know, he was never really in that tournament at a 67, I think, the third round. That put him sort of in the tournament. But, I mean, he was out of it after two rounds and then, you know, got on the periphery of things uh, for, for Sunday, but never really with a chance. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of a backdoor top 10. Uh, 46th at the Open Championship, a non-factor Olympics, uh, 4th, small field, weak field. For him to finish 4th, that's, uh, you know, nothing to write home about for sure. 43rd at St. Jude, and then, you know, by that time, he's probably, uh, you know, on his own. And uh, and then things started getting better. BMW 4th, Tour Championship 14th. And then he ends up, uh, you know, not playing well at the Ryder Cup, uh, but wins the, the the Sunday singles match, kind of gets him back going a little bit, and then he wins the CJ Cup, which, by the way, in Vegas, the CJ Cups he, he wins. So he's got a win in, in the 2022 season and a win in the 2021 season. Before that, it was quite a dry spell, uh, you know, a couple years at least. And, and uh, he hasn't won a major since 2014. But uh, b- by the way, also at the CJ Cup, he was number one in putting again. So Roy McIlroy has two wins in the, in the you know last whatever you know eight months, and both of them he's first in putting. Now he has putted better. I will 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 say that. But but the chances that Roy McIlroy will ever again, ever, ever, ever in the history of his career finish first in putting. Uh, two weeks in in an eight month period of time on the PGA Tour are uh, the odds are astronomical that that will ever happen again. So so he, you know his ball striking has not been what it uh, previously had been, but his putting is getting better, or it has gotten better, or he had a he, he you know he had a, a a better year at putting. Although he you know he finished sixty sixth in putting on, on in two thousand twenty one, which is better for him. For sure, because he's, he's, you know, historically, he's had one year where he's like 46. And other than that, and that was a long time ago. And other than that, you know, he's 100th, 100th, 122nd in 2020. Anyway, Roy McIlroy 
is now back with Michael Bannon. Now, Michael Bannon has been his, his lifelong coach. And I, I, don't, I don't know a lot about um, what, you know, Michael Bannon coaches. I, I know that Roy McIlroy has a, a very good golf swing. He's a great ball striker. Most people would consider Roy McIlroy to be one of the most talented players on the PGA Tour. I don't know, you know. Let's 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 have a, a list of most talented players. Most people would put Roy McIlroy number one. I know people in Europe would. Uh, I would probably put Roy McIlroy up there. I would put Rom up there. I would put Dustin Johnson up there. I mean, those would be you know my top three, and then, uh, you know, uh, Justin Thomas would get in there somewhere. I'm hesitant to put Cantley in there, although he's got the statistics that tell me he's one of the most talented players and he's, he's gotten better with his putter and so on and so on. You know, and then you just, you know, it's pick them. I mean, really. Uh, but, but Rory definitely is, is, if he's not one, he's two. He's, if he's not two, he's three. Most talented players on the tour. But I would, I would probably have to put him at one. I would probably have to, although, although maybe not because of the putter. But take everything except for the putter. Yeah, I'll put him. I'll, I'll put put him at, at at number one. So the fact that that he went for a a, a pretty long time with a struggle, you know, it's it's kind of hard to figure out. It really is. I mean, now he's he's thirty two years old, but it's not a young thirty two. I mean, he, you know, he turned pro at a young age. He's been doing this for a long time. Uh, I, I, I don't know if he's, you know, I'm not saying he's not, you know, a guy that wants it a lot. I know he wants it. I know he wants to play good. But by the things he always says, Rory McIlroy does better when the expectations aren't as high. When he's not expecting as much, when people aren't expecting as much, you know, then he'll he'll come with a little something. Like you know, when he just won the CJ Cup, he comes with I I just I I needed to be me. You know, I I, I don't I don't know what that means. Uh, I need to be me. I mean, everybody needs to be them. I mean, what who else are you going to be? You know, uh, but but I I guess it's trying to be somebody else, trying to be something. You know, I I don't know, doing things differently. I'm I'm not sure what that means. But I I do know that that when the expectations are high, it's a burden. There's no, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I know, I know this from the the players that I've I've taught taught through the years. That's 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 one thing I I, I for for sure know. And there's you know a, a lot of other things I know from from all the work that I've I've done with players on the on the PGA Tour. And one thing is, is that when you start playing, you know, uh, musical coaches, I call it musical. It's like, it's, you know, it's, it's sort of like musical chairs. You know, you, you, you run around the chairs until the music stops and then you got to grab one. Uh, when you play musical coaches, it's, it's not a good sign. It's not a good sign. So I, I'm going to, I, matter of fact, I'm going to give you my list of how many people I know that that's, that's, uh, worked out, uh, uh well for, uh, when we come back, but let me, uh, remind you to go to voodoopainrelief.com and get your free two-week supply of Voodoo Pain Relief Cream if you haven't already gotten that. And when we come back, I'll give you my list of players who have done much better when they have switched coaches all over the place. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. 
We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, you want to know who the list is of uh, players that uh, have done well when they've, uh, you know, uh, changed uh, changed coaches? That's a very short list. I, I, I don't know who's I don't know who's on that list. Tiger did that, honestly, if you look at it, you know, statistically, and you look at his ball striking statistics, and you look at his win percentage, and you look at that, and you analyze it that way, you could argue that 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 happened when I, I coached Tiger. Now, people will say if he never switched to Hank Haney from Butch Harmon, he would have broken Jack Nicklaus's record. And it's hard for me to argue with that because there is time that it takes, you know, typically to to get things going. And it wasn't just, you know, switching 
to me, but it was switching from me. And, you know, just too many switches and, and, and lost, lost time along the way. But, but by the same token, you got to look at it and think that's kind of what made Tiger tick because he liked working on different things and he liked the new challenge and he didn't like staying the same and he, he liked to ex- experiment around. But the list of players, back to my point, the list of players that when they start playing, you know, musical coaches and they leave there, especially when they've been with a coach for a long time. I mean, just just think about it. You know, like recently, like Jason Day when he he, he left his 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 coach, Colin Swatton. Okay, uh, you know, in, incredibly influential in Jason Day's life. Uh, caddied for him, coached him, but he he's his, he was he's been his coach. Okay, so he leaves him. I mean, how'd that work out for him? By the way, I mean, he he's gone from from you know nowhere to to you know. Nowhere in the next, uh, you know, in in the last year or two years, three years, whatever it's been since he left him, and it's just a just a, a, a crazy, crazy move. Um, you know, pick them. It's just, it just, you know, guys leave coaches all the time. It's part of the deal, and that's one of the the things that you got to really, you know, give some credit to somebody like Jordan Spieth. Like, like he fought difficult times and he just stayed the course and he, you know, stuck with his, his coach and he didn't, you know, okay, maybe he went to Butch and got a little eyeball put on him and, Hey, what do you think? Am I working on the right things or give me a little direction here? But he didn't like, you know, totally, you know, bag his coach and he's, you know, he stuck with Cameron McCormick and he, you know, he saw it through the, the tough times and, you know, he's, he's back to, you know, what is he? 10th, you know, 10th, 11th in the world. Okay. So he, he, you know, he, he made it, made it back. Here's what happens when, when players play bad. This is, this is what happens. They have to find something to blame. They will look for any excuse that they they can find. It's a way to keep their confidence up. I, I'm not I'm not saying it's bad. As a matter of fact, it's it's this is a a, a good way to be, and 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 uh, you know many many ways it is. But this is what happens. So they find something to blame things on. You know, the the first thing that, that goes is usually the caddy. Because it's it's their one employee. I mean, you can't fire the player. You can you can you know you can get rid of the caddy. All right. So that's that's usually the first thing that happens when guys like like struggle a little bit. Uh, by the way, Justin Thomas, who did not have a, a great year this year, although he's sixth in the world, but he you know he's, he's down from three last year. Uh, you know, for sure, not a great year for him. And now, you know, he's he's got a a, 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 new, a new caddy. You know, Bones is is, uh, is on the back. Great caddy, and I mean, uh, you know, and he, Jimmy Johnson was his caddy, and he's a great caddy. And they, you know, he had one great caddy to another great caddy. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But this this is just this happens. This this happens. You know, with players, they 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 have to blame something, or they need a change, or they need a something, and then, you know, it's never that. Okay, because it can't be them because they're the only guy on the team. So it's got to be something else. But it's not that they aren't working as hard. It's not that they have distractions. It's not that they're not as into it as they as they were. It's not that they're not as focused as they should be or or were. It's just, you know, it's 
it, it's I got to make a change. You know, I got to have a different different something. You know, happening. So the you know the the the, the caddy goes. That's one thing. Okay. The next thing you know that that they like to blame it on is if they've ever if they switched equipment, then that's immediately just perfect thing to blame on. Like you know, okay, you know, it's uh, you know, and the media does it too. I mean, first off, don't listen to anything the media says. Uh, you know, the, the the these guys that write about golf. I mean, most of them have no earthly idea what they're talking about. They just like to they they just like to come up with these all these you know theories and stuff like that. And by the way, the golf media. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Every guy in the golf media is handicapped, but I'm going to tell you that most of them are maybe like a, you know, as eight to ten to twelve handicap, and, and and you know, not that that's a bad golfer, but a scratch golfer in a tournament shoots about seventy eight. That's what a scratch golfer says, and that's what he does. So you take a, a, a eight to twelve handicap in a tournament. I mean, he's he's going to shoot ninety. Okay, so so you got a a, a tournament player. A guy that shoots 90 is writing and telling you all about, you know, golf. Now, I'm not saying they can't observe things and they can't watch things and they, you know, haven't been doing a long time and maybe they know a little something, but but that's about what they know is a little something. Uh, it just, it, 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 that's, that's, that's pretty much, pretty much what they know. So the, 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 the player blames the caddy, the player blames the equipment, one of the favorite things to do is is an injury. Okay, anybody that plays sports, even though you know a lot of people would like to tell you that maybe golf isn't like this, you know, big, you know, sporting event. I mean, it is a sport, and you, you know, when you hit enough balls th- throughout your career, uh, you're you're gonna feel it somewhere. You know, your back, your foot, your wrist, your your shoulder, your elbow. You're gonna feel something. I mean, there there's not a player playing the game today. That is walking out there every single day of the year and saying, "Man, I just feel great." And there's certainly not a player that's been playing for a long time that is doesn't have something. I mean, there's just something. I don't know what it is. And it, you know, it, and and it only needs to be a little something because then the player just goes, "Well, you know, this threw me off. I started, I was favoring it. I started doing this. I started doing that." So I like to blame it on that. The, the the next thing that they like to do is is you know it's 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 the coach you know I mean I'm not getting I'm not getting the right information and what usually happens when you're you're coaching somebody is you have an idea of everything you think that player needs to do to get better sometimes it evolves because some coaches like think about different things and they come up with new theories and they get on kicks, you know, and they're, te- they're all teaching this or they're teaching all that to, to everybody, you know, that they see. But the coach has an idea of what the player needs to do. And you end up as a coach, when you teach somebody long-term, you end up telling them the same thing over and 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 over again. And the reason you do that is because every player who plays the game has a set of mistakes that are unique to them. You know, they have certain things that they do in their swing that are unique to them. Those are their mistakes. And when you've coached somebody for a long time, you know what their mistakes are. You know what what happens when they hit bad shots. You know what they need to work on. And you end up sounding like a broken record. And and when a player isn't doing good or as good as he thinks he should or hoped that he would, even if it's other things that are affected it and and you know maybe it's the competition, maybe it's bad luck, maybe it's uh not working as hard, you know all the things that I that I listed and many many more. If if that happens, 
then the player likes things. Well, you know, I'm, I'm just all I'm. It must be something else. I, I'm hearing this broken record, and then the idiots in the media are peppering you with, you know, oh, you know, are you flush? Are you frustrated? You know, and then the, and then the, you know, the 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 player throws out, well, I'm I'm kind of lost, and then the media just jumps all over that. You know, they just love to jump. Oh, he lost. Oh, he's lost. He's lost. He doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, he's getting ready to get a new coach. He's lost. He said he was lost. I mean, this is like this is the game that that uh, you know these assholes play in the media okay so and it influences the player you know and the player throws out, and the player knows exactly what he's doing when a player throws out I'm lost to the media they just take it and run with it like there's no tomorrow and then it it, it puts the coach in a in a in a you know a bad spot so this Michael Bannon is Rory's coach has been forever he you know and I'm sure he's he's a broken record I'm sure he's telling Rory this the same thing over and over again but you know what Rory's had a pretty darn good career. He's one of the greatest players in the history of the game. Uh, is Rory a player who's overachieved? No, no. I, I don't think. I, I, I don't think anybody, including Rory, would say that he's overachieved. Uh, has he underachieved? Eh, probably most people would say that he has for his talent level. But how do you really say that about somebody who's got twenty wins on the PGA Tour? He's a, a you know first ballot Hall of Famer, and you know he's won won four majors, and and by the way he's not a good putter, and, and you know putting is part of the game. He's not a good putter, and he's done all that, and won a bunch of times in Europe too. And he's not a good putter. Pretty darn good, you know. And his and his coach Michael Bannon knows everything that Rory has ever done wrong because he's watched him and watched him and watched him and everything that anybody on the outside looking in, you know, thinks, Oh, he just, Rory needs to do that. I've had this happen to me so many times, you know, people, Oh, this guy needs to do this and this and this. You know, I remember when, when, uh, you know, Tiger, you know, went to work with, uh, you know, Foley and, uh, you know, Foley, you know, immediately, uh, you know, said, well, you know, he's doing everything wrong and, and he needs, you know, and then they go changing stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, you know, because because you know, there's certain things you, you look at when you're watching a player and you know, OK, yeah, this maybe isn't ideal. But if he gets a club aware of like, for instance, if Tiger plays from across the line, he's going to play awful. OK. If he plays from online at the top or a little laid off, he'll he, he'll he'll have a, a good chance, and his misses will be better, and he'll he'll tear it up. But if he plays from across the line, he's not gonna not gonna do good. If he plays with the with the the grip in the palm of his hand, uh, he he's he's gonna play better than when he plays with the grip in the in the you know fingers of his left hand. Now will he, he get a little bit more club at speed in the fingers? Yeah, maybe. And he will get a little bit more ball speed. Yeah, maybe. But will he will he play worse? Yeah, he'll play a lot worse because he'll be all over the place with the driver. He won't be able to find it. And that's exactly what happened. Even though you look at it and you say, oh, you know, he just needs to do this and this, which is what teachers do. They say he just needs to do this and this. But the teacher who had a coach who's worked with somebody for a long time, he knows what's going to work. He knows what won't work. And when a player goes and he goes and changes coaches, and especially somebody like Roy McIlroy, I mean, it's just, I look at it and I think that is a stupid move. Maybe there's other things. Maybe you're just an awful putter relative to your competition. Maybe you are. 
And by the way, as soon as he put it good, he won two tournaments, you know, in, in an eight-month uh, stretch. But he's not, he's, he's not historically a great putter. It's just he's not. And that's what's hurt him more than anything. But when he went and changed, did he get better? You know, I, I, read, this, I read this article, okay, written by, you know, uh, somebody I don't know on the Golf Channel. Okay, I'm reading this article. This is about Rory switching back to the coach. And here, and these guys, you know, this is a sugar coater. Okay, so you can you you got to consider what your uh, you, you you know the the source of the information. Um, and and there's just a couple lines that just got me in here. And this article says that he started working with Pete Cowan, and he uh, there was some success. No, there wasn't. There wasn't any success. I mean, come on. Where's a miscut? Uh, miscut. At the Masters, there's no success. Roy's playing for major championships. With PGA tied for 49th, then there's no success. I mean, where's the success? Tied for 46 at the Open Championship, tied for 49th at the PGA, missed cut at the Masters. Where's the success? Tied for seventh at the U.S. Open. That's a success. There's no success. Look at the statistics. Last year, six strokes gained tee to green. 2020 or 2020 was six. 2021, tenth. Uh, you know, off the tee. You know, the, about the same approach shots worse in 2021. Uh, around the green, worse in 2021. The only thing he was better at was putting. That was it. That was it. That, other than that, it was there was no there wasn't success. Come on, let, let's 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 look at the look at the statistics. Look at the statistics. Look at the scores. Look at the tournaments. There wasn't success. Now you're talking about Rory McIlroy here, probably the most talented player on the PGA Tour. There was there wasn't success. He's back with working with Michael Bannon. And then he, and then, and here's Rory. Listen, listen, listen. What he says. He goes. I've always had a relationship with Pete, and I'll ask for his input if I feel like I need it. But now it's Michael and me. <laughs> okay. Translation on that. Pete Cowan is around uh, the tours a lot. Uh, he's he's a, a European coach. He says hello to all the players. Uh, Rory's always, you know, been nice to him. Pete's always been nice to him. And if he ever, you know, hey, what do you think about this? You know, Pete, that, that's what that means. It, 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 I love how they try to let him down easy. You know, they try to let him down easy. There's no letting down easy. It, 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 it didn't work out. Uh, the results weren't there. He's, he, it was a stupid move to begin with. And now he's back to working with Michael Bannon, which is where he should be. Uh, because Michael Bannon has been his coach ever since he was a junior player. And when these players go off and they jump around to this coach or jump around that coach or think this coach has the answer or that coach has, everybody's looking at the same videotape. Everybody's looking at, you know, I mean, I mean, once in a while there's guys that have these, you know, off the wall theories and, and, and some guys jump on that stuff, you know, uh, whatever it might be, you know, uh, you know, stack and tilt or, or, you know, uh, uh, you know, whatever these guys are doing, you know, flatten the shaft. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, they got some new thing they're doing and all of a sudden, well, maybe that'll work for me. And, and it, you know, but when you're Rory McIlroy, you don't do that. You just stay with your coach and you work, work on it. And you know what? You work on your game and you keep practicing and maybe you spend a little more time putting and a little more time chipping and you work on the issues and he's got listen Roy McIlroy clearly has a lot of mental issues you know he, he does I mean I'm not you know he, he's he's a nice guy but you know he's had times when he looks disinterested how many times in his case 32 years old 
You know, how many times in his career has he made comments like, you know, I, 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 I need a break or I, you know, I, I just feel like I don't want to be here. He said it just not, not long ago. He said, he said, after the Ryder cup, he said, he said, I was thinking, I don't want to see golf again until 2022. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's in September. He like he says I don't October November December you don't want to see golf again until for four months. I mean now obviously that didn't last that long because he he came back and and won you know a month later. But the fact that he says that stuff and he's done it's multiple times in his in his career. He's thirty two years old. It's like he's you know he's had so many times when he needs a break he's he's burnt out he's you know I mean I just need to be me uh, I, I I gotta you know just do you know keep keep uh, you know working on it like like me not try to be somebody else you know throwing out excuses oh Bryson DeChambeau hits it a long way so I tried to change my swing to to catch that and the media jumped all over that that was all a bunch of BS I mean what did he change. What did he change for for a, a a day or two? He tried to for a day or two. He tried to swing faster. He's already got a fast swing, but for a day or two, he tried to swing even faster to to see if he could he could overpower a golf course after what Bryson DeChambeau at the, at the, at the, did at the U.S. Open at Wingfoot and and for a day or two or a week or whatever it was, and that and that throws you all that that throws everything out of whack for the rest of the year. Come on, please. I mean, you know what they say that stuff. Because the media are idiots and they write it. That's why they say it. That's why they say that stuff. It, it's it's all BS. It's just nothing more than BS. That's not why. Everyone's not why. That, that's not why he didn't play good. He didn't play good for, for, for other reasons. Like, how about your putting? How about your chipping? How about the rest of it? It's not because of that. I mean, unbelievable. But anyway, Roy McIlroy is is you know back going. He's eighth in the world now. Uh, yeah, when I look at the world rankings and I look down and I see a 32 year old Roy McIlroy at eighth in the world, which by the way he was down to 15th. When I see Roy McIlroy at eighth in the world, it's it's hard to even comprehend because because first off. There's nobody that's like a runaway, you know, first in the world. Like, like the, I look at the world ranking, and the John Rahm has 9.9 .9 points, whatever that means. That's his average points. When Tiger – there was a time when Tiger had 21. Okay, so 9.9, .9, you know, would have been what Mickelson had when he was second in the world. So there's no – you know, to be 15th in the world, you're so far down away from – and this, uh, you know, player, Roy McIlroy is number one in the world for, for a long, long, long time. It's hard to imagine that Roy McIlroy, as bad as he puts sometimes, could be, you know, like out of the top 10. It's, 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 it's hard, to, hard to fathom. But, here, but here's the reality. The reality is, is that he hasn't won a major golf tournament – since 2014, and he's won three legs of the Grand Slam. You know, the, he's got two PGAs, one U.S. Open, and one Open Championship, but he's never won the Masters. And you know what? He may win it. You know, you can look at him and say he's such a talented player. It's a great course for him. Is it really a great course for him? I mean, is it? 
because he's never been a great putter. He's never been a he's had great putting tournaments, but that's different than being a great putter. He's never been a a, a great putter. Every player on tour can putt good and have good putting tournaments, but the chances that you're going to have a good putting tournament or a great putting tournament, and it's going to happen the second weekend in April at Augusta National, which are the hardest greens to putt on any tour anywhere, that's pretty hard to come by. And you got to parlay it with you know with no penalty shots. You got to keep it out of those creeks on the par fives and the ponds, and you got to. You know, get around there with some good ball striking and, you know, putt good. And then you couple that with the extra pressure of wanting to win the the Masters because it's the last major you haven't won. You know what? It's tough. But if he never wins another one, and he hadn't won a major since 2014, I mean, he's still one of the best players ever in the history of the game. Uh, but he's a but he's a, a player that is definitely not an overachiever either. So I you know I can kind of see, you know, hey, I, I I should have been better. I should have done more in my career. You know, maybe I'm missing something. But you know what? Maybe that's just what you were destined to be. Maybe that maybe that's just it. But I'll tell you what: when you start hopscotching around. From one coach to the next, and you leave your lifelong coach who knows everything about you, not just as a golfer, but as a person and what makes you tick and when to push and what buttons to push. Like you don't learn what button to push in 10 minutes. And you might look at somebody as a coach, you might look at somebody and you might say, oh, I know what this guy needs to do. Well, that's great. But do you know what button to push? Because until you know what button to push, you got nothing as a coach. You got nothing. You, you, you can look at the video all you want. You can look at your launch monitor all you want. You can look at all that stuff. And who do you think knows what button to push? The guy who's been there forever or the guy who just got on the job? That's a pretty easy thing to figure out right there. Hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. Uh, make sure you go to Haney University to find out all the information on my upcoming availability for golf lessons and sign up for my free instructional uh, videos that you will be receiving in your email box. And uh, go to voodoopainrelief.com and get your free Voodoo Pain Relief Cream right there. Uh, have a great day. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you soon on the Hank Haney Podcast. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. 
Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.